When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio by Craig Burley. Real Madrid back in action after the World Cup, and they go top of the table after a 2-0 victory over Valladolid. They were made to work hard for it, though, and a controversial penalty would really change the game in the 83rd minute. Benzema converting what was uh, accused of being a handball in the box. As a result, Leon sent off for swearing at the official. Benzema then getting his second to see Real Madrid take all three points that puts them for the moment one point clear of Barca who take on Espanyol on Saturday. Well, let's welcome in, shall we? Uh, Luis, Luis Suarez is with us, as is Sid Lowe. Luis Suarez. Uh, Luis Suarez. I, I do that <laughs> far too much. <laughs> all the time. Hey. Luis Garcia is with us, as is Sid Lowe. I call him Luis Suarez a lot. <laughs> you've, I tell you, you've, had a, you've had a really busy Christmas in New uh, Luis. Let's get to the crunch of it. Was it a penalty for you? I think I was going to call more the first chance, the first challenge uh, than the second one. The second one is a little bit harsh, a little bit soft. Once again, you can see that the, the, the defender kind of opened a little bit the arm, but he's pushed a little bit, so that arm even go higher to receive the ball. doesn't even know where the ball is. I understand that he's far away uh, from his body, so I understand that. The, the, the referee decided to, to call it and, and, and pointed at the spot, but definitely for me, I think it's a very soft. You can see right there a little bit. In this uh, replay, it's very difficult to see. He waits and for the call from the video, but there, doesn't even see the ball. He's not trying to make himself big. He's just in the air, so you cannot control uh, your arms in the air. You cannot push your hand in the air when you don't even know where the ball is. So I think it's a little bit uh, harsh, this uh, this challenge and well I, I wouldn't call it but well, that's the way that today happened for the referee. Soft penalty said? For me both of the penalties are the one that wasn't given the one that is given they, they both are that said I'm perfectly pre prepared to have a goalkeeping uh, sorry a goalkeeping expert a refereeing expert say to me this is why it is or this is why it isn't and we just have to accept it because these days I genuinely do sometimes feel to myself I don't know what a penalty is anymore certainly not for handballs but for me both of those probably were. There's one exactly pretty much the same. We talked about it a week or so ago. Lucas Digne uh, for Aston Villa in a Premier League match this season. Very much the same scenario. The ball, he was, again, jumping and leaning back the way. And I think if you watch this clip as well, not only is the defender sort of jumping back the way because that's his natural position, but Benzema has some contact on him just a little bit. So that's already knocking him. And you... You know, you just can't. This is what drives me crazy with referees. You just cannot do that with your arms at your side. Yeah. You, you just can't. And the Lucas Digne one wasn't given, same as this. Ref goes to the monitor. He gave it, the same as this. And then the Premier League or the PGMOL, the, the uh, match officials, said it was wrong. Uh, it was a wrong call and it, it, the, the referee's on-field decision should have stood. And I feel here, the referee's on-field decision at the time, which was no penalty, mm. I thought that should have called. And look, I know it was 2-0, but once this happened, it changed the game. Yeah. Benzema scores the penalty. Yes. Leon then, Sergio Leon loses the plot, gets himself sent off for a second yellow for, for vehemently uh, having a pop at the fourth official. So everybody kind of had lost their way a little bit. But yeah, I agree with said that it's just sometimes I, 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 we talk about these handballs and... I don't think referees, even FIFA qualified referees, can give us a definitive answer on where exactly this law stands. Away from that penalty, Luis, I thought Real Madrid looked a bit rusty today. Yeah, very much. Very plain, no intensity at all. I think the midfield was a little bit lost with uh, Ceballos, with Cross, 
in a holding midfielder that is his position, but he was overrun at some moments. We didn't see the best of Valverde or Asensio. Vinicius was the only main threat in most of the times. Benzema, until that uh, challenge uh, on the penalty and right after uh, the second goal, we didn't see much about him. The, the ball were not arriving in, in right conditions to, to the player that looks still out of uh, fitness. He's going to need another two or three games to see the best of Benzema once again. But definitely it wasn't the best performance of Real Madrid. Valladolid believed that he could uh, get something from this game and start controlling most of the parts during the game. Even had the, the best chances, in my opinion, he was Coutoir, the one who denied them. And uh, it was Real Madrid who, at the end, because of the quality and the talent that they got from, were more clinical and got the three points. Two goals for Benzema, said obviously with a point to prove, given what happened in the World Cup. We haven't spoken to you for a couple of months. What has been the main narrative surrounding his return from, from the World Cup to, to the Real Madrid squad, given the reports that are coming out saying that, well, actually, he could have stayed and played from the last 16? Yeah, I mean, given that the, that the focus of this is, is seen sort of from Benzema's point of view, I think, in Spain, that I, I think there's a very clear sense that, that he was denied the opportunity to have been part of a team that, that could have won the World Cup. And then, of course, that gets extended into analysis that says, had he been there, maybe they would have won the World Cup in the final because he'd been able to play from the kind of the quarterfinals or semi-final level onwards. He would certainly have been able to be on the bench for the final. And that maybe that would have changed things. And it feels kind of sad, I think, from a Spanish point of view, given how good this last season's been, given the fact that, of course, he won the Ballon d'Or, that he's kind of come out of the shadow of that auxiliary role that he played for so long. And I think more than anything else, there's, there's a sense of kind of disappointment with the way that this was managed. Now, obviously, that's from a position of not knowing exactly what happened between him and Deschamps, what happened between him and the French Football Federation, and what the reasons were for the, 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 the obvious reluctance to keep him as part of the setup and what may or may not have been said between him and Deschamps in, in the build-up to that sort of last two or three weeks of, well, last two weeks of, of the World Cup. But yeah, fundamentally, the, 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 the response to this in Spain has been of kind of, what a pity. You know, all of these years of Benzema kind of trying to prove himself gets the season that looks like it's perfect, and then it ends in a way that's been deeply, deeply disappointing for him. Meanwhile, Sid, away from the game, obviously reports that Real Madrid are ready to pay up to $100 million for Jude Bellingham. What can you tell us about this? Well, it's essentially a report that was covered today by, by Rodrigo Fife and, and, and Alex Kirkland for ESPN. And, and, and what they've said is, is what I think some of the English clubs have believed for a while, which is that Real Madrid feel they're in pole position, that Real Madrid feel they're in the best position of the clubs chasing Bellingham, that his inclination is to go to Spain rather than to head back to the Premier League, and that they're optimistic. Now, obviously, we always have to be careful about these kind of stories because clubs sometimes are wrong about their optimism. Clubs sometimes are wrong about their pessimism as well when they believe there's a player that he's inevitably going to go somewhere else. But but certainly the if you like the feeling within the game uh, involving Real Madrid, involving of course Liverpool and Chelsea, other clubs who've been interested in them, is that it feels like this is now leaning Real Madrid's way. And of course, what Real Madrid are doing is preparing the financial package necessary to make sure that it gets finalised. Now, I again I would urge some caution in the sense that we're still four or five months away from this actually being concluded. But Real Madrid feel that they're in a good position to make this happen. Sid, are you making sure your dog isn't getting into the shot at the moment? Is that, that what you're that, doing? That's what I'm trying to do, yes. I don't know if I'm succeeding. I don't know yeah. if I'm succeeking because I don't know exactly where the no, cut-off point are. is on, on the I footage. Can, just, you, you are, you're, doing, <laughs> you're doing a grand yeah. i tell you what, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, Bellingham going to Real Madrid, what an opportunity. I mean, I, I, I tip my cap to that boy leaving Birmingham City at 16 going to Dortmund. Yep. It's been a great learning curve for him to go there to the Bundesliga. Uh, I think he does what he what he thinks is best for his career and his family and his and, and his management company. But but listen, I, I wouldn't be too bullish about it if I was Florentino Perez. Bearing in mind, he's only just finished uh, wiping the Mbappe custard pie sure. off his face. Now I'm sure I'm sure eventually he will get that player. I would imagine. Uh, but yeah, I think there are so many other suitors that are in here, particularly uh, Liverpool, and I think there'll be others. But as Sid said, Real Madrid at the moment feel they're in the driving seat, and if they do get him, they're getting a heck of a player. Do they need him, Luis? Yeah, very much. And I think that Florentino, I totally agree, is going to try to bring a big player, a player who shined during the, uh, this World Cup, a, a player who everybody wants in Europe, of course, the, 
the price tag is quite high for a very young talent, but we've seen what happened also with Enzo Fernandez, who also is linked with some of the biggest teams in Europe. But he's a player who can give so many things to to Real Madrid now in transition from a, a new generation. Modric, Cross, players who have been given a lot of good moments for Real Madrid and for the Santiago Bernabeu. They're going to start moving on the side. We've seen today Cross struggling a little bit to keep the pace. Cross, uh, Modric arriving just to play a few minutes, even though that they, they've done an amazing job uh, in today's game. Modric also in the in the past to Camavinga. But they need that new fresh blood with uh, with uh, Ceballo, with Camavinga, but so many players that are young, they're hungry, and they're going to bring something different. And definitely, uh, Jubelga proved that uh, he can be capable of uh, uh, dealing with uh, Real Madrid with a, a, a wearing the jersey of Real Madrid because the, that ability, that character, that personality into the game we're playing for, for England, I think it's been fantastic. So, yeah, I think that Real Madrid needs a player like him. Well, as we mentioned, Real Madrid, top of the table off that victory against Valladolid. Barca have the chance to retake top spot as they take on Espanyol on Saturday. Barca, big favourites, as you would imagine. All the talk going into this tie. Well, who would Xavi play up front instead of Lewandowski, who was suspended for three matches? Well, it looks like Xavi's now going to play Lewandowski up front because Barcelona are appealing, uh, which means that he will be available for this tie and the Atleti tie. What's going on, Sid? <laughs> Essentially, Barcelona have been given what's always referred to in Spain as the cautelar. That basically means that pending a final decision, we'll put this suspension on hold. So it goes beyond the league's own committees. It goes to, to if you like, a kind of an arbitration committee who decide, OK, look, while, these, while this case can be kind of fully heard and, and often, you know, there isn't really anything to hear, but it is a nice way of stalling and buying time, we will put the cautelar in place. In other words, we'll put a cautionary suspension on this suspension. It will be held in, in, in place and that means he can play now. At some point, he will have to fulfil this suspension. He will have to go through the ban. It may well be that that ban gets reduced, but it means that he can play now. And to be honest with you, I suspect more importantly... It means, unless things move really quickly during the week, that he'll be able to play next weekend against Atletico Madrid. I don't think, although it's Espanyol who, of course, and quite naturally, are most angry about this, I don't mm. think that Barcelona's decision to fight to get him available now was really about Espanyol tomorrow. I think it was about Atletico Madrid next week. Sid, this doesn't really make much sense, does it? Because why don't you just appeal everything all the time until you just get a nice run of fixtures? Well, Dan, you just hit the nail on the head. That's what clubs do. I mean, they don't always succeed, but of course that's what you do, yeah. You look at the fixtures and you think, this player suspended, and with the great... In fact, you know what? I'm not even going to name the clubs because I don't want their fans getting upset with me. You've got a couple of rubbish teams coming up and you think, you know what? <laughs> Let's have him go through this ban now. But if you look at it and you think, my goodness, next up is the Derby, or next up is Atletico Madrid, or next up is Real Madrid, or Sevilla, or someone like that, maybe not Sevilla right now, you will go, OK, let's <laughs> go and ask for this to be investigated and look, looked into properly with the hope of getting the Cautelar. Usually, as I say, it's just a way of buying time. And exactly as you say, Dan, that's what clubs do. They appeal things they've got absolutely no right to appeal sometimes. They appeal things they do have a right to appeal. And quite often the timing is done for reasons of convenience rather than for questions of, of justice. If this is so obvious, why don't La Liga do something about it? Well, essentially, because in this case, we're talking about, if you like, kind of an external body that decides whether this, this can be looked into. And, and of course, a, a league has to effectively cede ground to, to those kinds of institutions because there is a, a disciplinary kind of, what would I call it, a proceeding, like a protocol in place that you have to accept. And this is like anything, I suppose. This is like the law in, 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 in non-sporting terms. A case can be repealed. Uh, can, it can be put on hold. You can ask for the, the jury to be changed. There's all sorts of ways of buying time to try and put yourself in a be better position. There is a lovely phrase in Spanish, which I think works quite well for this, which is echale, echale trampa, which Luis can translate for you be probably better than me, which basically means if there's a law, there's a trap. So if there's a law, there's a loophole. And, you know, the, the fact of it, the existence of a law means there's bound to be a way around it. This is, na this is naughty from your old team, isn't it, Luis? <laughs> a little bit, and uh, I have to say, see, that I was trying to, the same uh, sentence I was trying to translate it, make the law, make the trick, something like that it must be, but definitely, of course, if you can get advantage of that, I think that Barcelona, you say it's not the first time that it's been done, and I'm sure that it's not going to be the last one, and yeah, they're going to use it for, uh, to try to keep uh, Lewandowski, of course, against Espanyol, there is at the moment a very tough team to beat, but definitely against Atletico Madrid. 
course, said Spanish is almost as bad as yours, isn't it? What do you mean? Well, you couldn't even translate that. <laughs> a lovely, actually, this seems to, there's a lovely translation in England for this as well. It's called nonsense. You know, this seems to me, this, I mean, I might be wrong. This seems to me to happen in Spain, to my knowledge, more than certainly any other European right. uh, country, where you just sit and look at these appeal processes and decisions and you go, how can that be? How can it have go out with the jurisdiction of the league to yeah. this, to that? And, it, and how can it take so long to not be heard say, Frank, okay, you've got away with it this week in terms of he plays tomorrow morning or Eastern time anyway, he plays tomorrow. But within 24 or 48 hours, the decision is then made. This happened six or seven <laughs> weeks ago as well. There was a World Cup in the middle of all of this. <laughs> all right, he plays. <laughs> Lewandowski can just do what he wants tomorrow, right? Do what you want. Uh, meanwhile, of course, the big news away from La Liga today is that Cristiano Ronaldo is heading to Saudi Arabia. Reports that he's penned a new deal with Al Nasir, which is worth $200 million a year. The biggest contract ever in the sport. Your reaction to this, Craig? Uh, I have to say, not a surprise, but hugely disappointing. I think everything he's done recently has been hugely disappointing, including his performances on the field. But that's maybe what you come to expect more when somebody's about to turn 38 in a, in a month or, or six weeks as he is. But. For a guy who apparently has management championed this, Man United don't respect me. Man United should be using me more. Man United manager hasn't got a clue. Why am I not playing? To then end up in the, effectively, a backwater of world football. Obscurity. It's telling you either two things. that One, it was always about the money for him and he would not cut his losses. He would not go to one of the bigger European clubs and play the Champions League, which he said, I want to leave United. Oh, it's Champions League. It's notoriety. It's success. It's stats. It's been remembered for achieving stuff. Well, you'll not be remembered for anything apart from taking a few gazillion dollars from, from, from Saudi Arabia. So, so, yeah, good luck to him. Uh, he can go there and pocket as much cash as he wants. But ultimately, he wanted Champions League, and he's got football obscurity. Luis? Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised a little bit. I wasn't expecting uh, Cristiano Ronaldo to, to make that move. I understand, of course, what is behind. I understand the money is important, uh, much more when you're in the end of your career. I think that he's going to be remembered to one of the best players in the history of football, uh, ending him a team that maybe no one was expecting him to, to, to watch him play. And he's a, he's a, he's a disappointment. No, I, I, I'm not disappointed, but I, I think that if you want to make a statement, you've always been a person, a personality that tried to show that you've been at the highest level. I remember when he said no uh, to Messi, you have to come here, you have to challenge yourself to the best leagues. If you stay in one league, it's not going to be the same. He's, he's been a character that he's been trying to show that he's been always, or he could be always the best one. So... If he's trying to now make um, a statement, say, I'm going to be the player who earns the most in the history of football, okay, I think that's fair to say that I think he, he got that, that record. But I don't think that he was the, the right one. At least the way that I see football, the way that I, I'm, I'm not in his position, of course, very difficult to, to say, but definitely I was expecting for a player like him to, to make a different move in, in favour of, of football and of the supporters. No, nobody has validated his recent form and tantrums more than, than the player himself. He has completely validated everything that Eric Ten Hag stood for as the new manager in terms of his lack of game time, in terms of not even bringing him off the bench. Uh, then we saw it from Fernando Santos in the World Cup and you know we saw sort of the reaction there and what what the Portuguese manager thought he needed. Uh, and I'm never, ever, ever, ever begrudge anybody if they want to go and take a few quid and finish the career, that's, that's fine. But he makes, he makes so, has made so much money and still makes so much money from all his social media and the advertisement and everything that goes with it, that come on, nobody is going to bat an eyelid whether they play 
and he plays four times a week. Yeah. He scores a hat-trick in every game. Yeah. Nobody's going to care. Yeah, Nobody is going to even bat an eyelid about it. And I thought all this time what he wanted was to finish and be in the limelight. Yeah. And he's completely gone in the opposite direction. It, 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 Craig's right, isn't he? It doesn't matter what he does there, Sid. You take a look at a pie chart of what we normally talk about on this show over the last year. Messi, Ronaldo, Shepard's pie. Ronaldo now is pretty much out of that conversation because whatever he does won't resonate. I, I love the fact that we're using the Steve Nichol measurement for this, by the way, that Shepard's pie is, is, the, is the way to judge who's the best player in the world right now and, and how relevant their careers are. Um, I mean, look, obviously, if, if it's difficult for Steve and, and sorry, for, for, for Craig and for, for Luis to judge this who've played the game, it's even harder for me. And, and I certainly wouldn't begrudge any player taking the decision that they want to make. But but admittedly, yeah, from, from the point of view of the, if you like, the kind of the discourse from Ronaldo and the sense of his own relevance and the sense of his own place in the game, it's a surprising move. That said, I suppose maybe it comes back to that question of who wanted him. And at what price? And, and were there really the options there for him to take an option that he felt would maintain that level of, um, of importance, of significance, of relevance within the European game? Maybe there was no one there that, that kind of made him feel, OK, this is an opportunity for me to demonstrate something, for me to do something. Even if it's, for example, and I really am obviously you know, kind of, let's put it in, in my own, if you like, bias terms. As a Real Oviedo fan, for example, I love the idea of Cristiano Ronaldo going to a second division club and bringing them up to the first division and really proving a point that way. I don't believe for a minute that he would have ever wanted to do that. But those kind of challenges clearly have, have, have either not been available to him for financial reasons or he's just not interested in them. And, and yeah, it's, it does feel like a, a bit of a pity for it to, to end this way. Maybe part of the answer here is that this is just a way of making sure it doesn't end at all. Because I guess if the alternatives are just not that attractive then the alternative becomes, do you just retire? And perhaps he just doesn't want to yet. Right, there's, two, there's, there's, another, there's a couple of ways to look at this from elite-level European football. And I'm not suggesting, because I would be hypocritical to what I've just said, that he was capable of doing that still at that level. But certainly in his head, he, he thought that was the case. Now, either he's gone and his representatives George Mendes and, and his colleagues have gone to clubs and said uh, could have said listen here's the deal we'll come in for a pittance we'll play for a, a, a cup price deal but incentivized by his performances right now either they've done that and almost everybody's gone no mm. no thank you he's a problem and we don't know if we're going to play him we don't know if we need him and even at that it's not going to be a huge financial outlay we're not going to do it. Or B, they've gone to all those clubs and went, do you want this guy? It's going to cost you X amount of million. And they've definitely gone, no. Yeah. So it, it, it has to be one or the other because he hasn't just gone there because he doesn't fancy going to one of these clubs and play in Italy and Spain or Germany or England or wherever it is and play elite level. They've either gone round and offered them up to everybody with one of those deals. Either it's He's still pricey and he's still going to cost a lot or we can do it in an incentivised way. Either way you look at it, nobody's taking him. Plenty of content over on our YouTube channel. Be sure to check it out over on ESPN FC. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. 
Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. At Anfield, Liverpool beat Leicester City by two goals to one. But goodness me, they were made to work hard for the victory. Dewsbury Hall would score for the visitors after just four minutes. And then two really strange own goals from Fives that would see Liverpool take a 2-1 lead. They would hold on to it and take all three points. That means now they're one point adrift of Manchester United in fifth, two off Spurs, who sit in fourth. Luis Garcia is with us, Stevie Nicol as well. Stevie, another tough watch for a Liverpool fan. Oh, it was hard work. Well, it was hard work on the field and hard work off it to actually sit and watching it. You know, horrible defending. Listen, you can see it's good football from Leicester uh, and a good finish from Dewsbury Hall, but defensively it's an absolute disaster. An absolute cavernous hole in the middle and the back. Uh, Van Dyke basically ball watching because if he's watching what's going on around him, then he sees that Dewsbury Hall is, is coming late and, and should have stepped off. But from there on, yes, you can say Liverpool were, were after Leicester, but, but not in a lot of style. A lot of, a lot of huff and a lot of puff. Uh, Nunez, for me, no question, was, a, was a, the thorn again for Leicester. Yes, he didn't finish, but he was the man. When there was ever anything going on for Liverpool going forward, he was, he was right in the middle of it. I thought he was unlucky with his chip that came off the post. Uh, I thought he did show composure there to actually dink it over the goalie. But he didn't have worried because Mr Fast was there to finish it off. Uh, as far as the first one that Fast puts in, he absolutely deserves all he gets. Listen, it's wow. an absolutely horrendous piece of defending from a guy in the Premier And a Premier League player completely... No, you talk about Nunez not having composure in front of goal. Well, defenders have to have the same, the other way around. And this is absolutely horrendous. A wild swipe, comes off his shin or his shin pad, up and over the goal and back under the crossbar. Listen, when you, when you defend like that, you deserve all you get. So, wow. Liverpool win. They won against Villa. Nothing to, nothing to write home about, but you know what? It's six points, uh, another three against Leicester. It's six points from the two games. Uh, and that's the only thing that really matters right now. Uh, but you've you got to think eventually they're going to have to start putting some sort of performance together or even, even, even 10 or 15 minutes control of a game with some nice passing and control and in movement because it's just not happening right now. Is that harsh for that first goal, Louise? Yes, a little bit, yes. They, they were spokes. I think in the first few minutes they were not into the game. I think their approach was a little bit soft. Uh, you can say you can see that uh, Van Dijk was complaining about the line going forward with him, but they, they don't know what he's going to do. It doesn't matter because the player got in through him very easily. If the players on the line, they were at the same at the same height. It was uh, no difference of what happened right after. And it's true that not only that occasion, second half, in a couple of times also, there was a few gaps in between Martin and Van Dijk, also another one uh, between Matip and, and Alexander Arnold. That today, I was mentioning before, uh, he did also a very good job in that right side. I think was solid uh, going forward and also in defense. And about Darwin, let me let me say that I like it. I enjoy watching him play today. Of course, everybody is asking for the finish, the end product. That's why Gapo is arriving to Liverpool to, to to show that, to bring that to the game, to add more goals from the midfield going forward. Uh, but today was unlucky because of the ball that that chance goes forward, but also put a very good ball to through the lines um, that no one saw. Uh, to allow Salah get into the into the box to go one v one with the keeper, and he didn't finish, and no one said anything about it. So I think it was a, a good game, and it's about at the moment it's about getting points. We cannot complain about if they are well or not. Sometimes you need this kind of luck to get three points and and uh, make this momentum. Liverpool needs a momentum to try to get into the top four. Don't forget. Well, Vaz had another one in the second half that wasn't an on goal esque. It was he just kind of kicked it up in the air. Sort of not under any pressure with a ball over his shoulder. He had a little bit of pressure, but Liverpool player was three or four yards off him, and he scuffed it back towards his goalkeeper and it let Nunez in. I mean, he just his confidence is shot. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was all a bit of a mess. But going back to the well, two things. One, Leicester were demolished at home. 
just a few days ago by Newcastle. Yes. So Newcastle made much easier work than Liverpool did, even though he made some changes because of that. And then the Liverpool goal, that, that, that uh, goal from the Danny Ward kick, from, the, from his feet from inside or around his own penalty box or inside his six-yard box, once Trent Alexander-Arnold pushes on, and they've pushed everybody on, and Matip's almost in the right-back position, and Henderson's trying to drop in, drop in, and Van Dyke's trying to shuffle across a little bit, as Stevie said, he's ball-watching, then Andy Robertson as well, he has to tuck in. He's got to come round. Well, if he switches it over the other side of Robertson, he's, they, they can get across, but he's, he's, he's almost 10 yards further forward than Van Dyke as well, so it was so lopsided, and I saw, another st I saw a start from somebody saying, in 2022, I think Liverpool were either the top or joint top at losing goals in the first five minutes of games. Right. Uh, so it's, it's clearly they've, they've not really been switching on. And the two games they've played, Villa, who I know Stevie and I talked about this game, who apart from their, their, their finishing, uh, played quite well, but they were abysmal in front of goal, Villa that was. And then Leicester today, final third again, if they were better, maybe Liverpool, yeah. it would have cost them. So... So yeah, they're in a decent position to challenge for the top four, but I, I wouldn't say they're, they're playing great. After scoring two own goals, Stevie, as a coach at half-time, would you be tempted to have taken fights off? No, absolutely not. That's the last thing I would do. Absolutely the last thing I'd do. He's, listen, he's a guy that's right now probably one of the first names on the team sheet. With the injuries they have, particularly defensively. So, you know, you're, you're, you're putting your arm around them saying, look, hey, the way it goes, let's show, show us what you're made of. Um, and that's not easy to do. He did, he, 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 you could see that he was a little a little hesitant, I'll <laughs> be nice, in the second half as well. There was a couple of things that he didn't, he just didn't make good decisions on. But the last thing you do in a situation like that is take the player off. You, you've got to let him play his way through it and play, play his way out of it. Uh, and I think to a certain extent, he, he did that. He didn't, he didn't collapse. But like most people, he, he was feeling a little bit of pressure after that. And then how many days have to go by before you buy him a Liverpool shirt, Stevie? I would suggest the next time they're in training, somebody, brings, somebody gets a replica ball and gives it to him and say, one more and you could have had this. Something like that. Just, it'll just take the air out of... I actually asked my son at half time, I said, if he scores another one, did they give him the ball? I don't think it's ever happened before. But I keep walking. Can you imagine he Can imagine he walked in the Leicester home, the Leicester away dressing room with the ball? <laughs> All right, lads. Uh, can you sign this for me, boys? Can you sign this? Can you sign this for me, lads? <laughs> Yeah, I just said that. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about Gagpa, who is in attendance. Uh, do you like this signing, Luis? And where do you think he's best suited to play in this Liverpool side? Well, I guess we all focus that uh, people are talking about if he's more midfielder going forward, second striker, uh, that kind of uh, role. Similar of what Firmino does as a number nine. He's uh, a player who uh, got a very good finishing. He's very young. Still a lot to, to work on him. He's, I think he physically is strong as well. We need to see if mentally he's going to be... Um, it's going to manage well what it is to wear the, uh, the jersey of Liverpool, the crowd, the pressure we've seen what happened previously with the forwards who couldn't handle that kind of, of pressure. I think he's young, he's bold. We've seen him uh, at the highest stage in the World Cup shine, so I expect a lot of very good things from him. Players around him, I'm sure that they're going to help him. Uh, but I think the main position for him is going to be that role in the centre, uh, allowing him to move freely, but yet yeah, trying to have a play into the box. Meanwhile, next week is all about the third round of the FA Cup. Some cracking ties, including Manchester United against Everton, and Spurs, Pompey, Coventry City, Wrexham, Sheffield Wednesday, Newcastle, Liverpool, Wolves. All of these games live on ESPN+. Then on the 8th of Sunday, it's big game. City take on Chelsea. And on Monday, an interesting clash between Oxford and Arsenal. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We've seen some incredible tributes to Pele, haven't we, over the last 24 hours since his passing. The front page of the Spanish newspaper, Ass, uh, saying the king, Annie Lebowitz's picture, the photo of Pele's feet, very much prominent on the front page. Uh, Pele's death, of course, front page news right across the globe. Just a selection of newspapers here paying tribute to the man who won the World Cup on no less than three occasions. Now, this is what Pep Guardiola had to say. Well, uh, I think on behalf of Manchester City, our biggest condolence for his family and friends. And uh, uh, football is football. Thanks for the this type of people play as human beings. So I think Neymar said a, a great sentence that before number ten, it was just a number, and after him, it was became something like a, something special. Every player, a top player, won a won a word and number ten in in own team. So. But what he has done for football is, you know, is, is there and always will remain. Stevie, your memories of Pele? Poor, oh, my goodness. Lots of, lots of different ones. I mean, clearly, 1970, watching the World Cup, uh, was the first time I'd ever seen him, ever heard of him. Um, First time I'd seen Emery try and score from the halfway line. Of course, back then you could hardly kick the ball far enough. Uh, first time I'd seen somebody try to dummy the goalkeeper, jump over the ball, run past the goalie, run back around the other side of the goalie, and then try and score from an incredible angle. I mean, just all kinds of stuff that you had never seen before. He was doing every time he came on the TV. Every time he played a game and moved forward to the next one, there would be something else to talk about that this one guy was doing. Uh, obviously the header from the Gordon Banks saved that the, I heard Pelly saying the other day he said you know I've scored over a thousand goals and whenever I meet anybody he says I always talk about the save from Gordon Banks which is really amazing when you think about it but to score that amount of goals oh my mm. goodness I think you can safely say that uh, Mr Pelly had a little bit of composure in front of goal yeah what a player just Always looked as though he was playing in the schoolyard. Always looked as though it was just his mates he was playing with, not not full-blooded pros, shall we say? Yeah, that's that, that's the biggest thing. He, he looked as though he was just playing in the schoolyard every time he stepped on the field. Luis. Yeah, for me it was about what the, my dad told me about it. What some videos that we could uh, watch that famous. Uh, movie he played uh, next to Ardiles and Sibers uh, Stallone, but definitely for me it's the legacy that he just left. Uh, I think he's one of the he will be remembered as one of the biggest sportsmen uh, uh, in the history of the of the sport. One of the best uh, football players. People will agree or not if he's better than Maradona or, or Messi or, or whatever. But at the end, it's about his legacy and he created that Jogo Bonito. He uh, he was ahead of his uh, generation, he was ahead of his time. Uh, all those plays that we've seen, the footage we've seen from him, uh, we can see them to, today. That uh, goal that was never a goal, that uh, uh, dummy allowing the, the ball to go through past the, 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 the keeper around it and, and trying to score that. He never scored, but everybody remember that kind of place. I think that's the legacy that uh, Pelé is going to leave to the next generation and will be remembered as one of the be best ones, if not the best one. Sid, we've seen tributes, of course, all around the world. Spain, no exception. 
No, absolutely. Uh, and of course, in Spain, just as everywhere else, there's there's a sense of, of Pele's place as the original all-time best player. Now, of course, over the years, there are other contenders that emerge, Maradona being the, the most obvious of them. And, and then the the eternal debate in, in recent years with, with players like Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, of course. But with Spain, the, the only other player that was ever really in that list was Alfredo Stefano. There's no doubt that Pele was seen as, as kind of the outstanding player, not just of his generation, but of, of any generation. And actually, you know, it's interesting to, to, to kind of go back and talk about those moments that, that, that both Steve and, and Luis were talking about. The, the, the standout moments from 1970 are a shot from the halfway line that doesn't go in, the dummy of the goalkeeper that doesn't go in, and a header that doesn't go in. And I think that helps to give us a sense of the, 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 the enormity of what Pele did and the legacy that he did, that in a way those moments were kind of so iconic and so different and so kind of he was so capable of breaking the mold that it almost didn't matter that those three moments were not successful and that's in the in in the in the case of Pele who of course is in world cup terms at least the most successful footballer there's ever been in terms of the number of goals the most successful goal scorer there's ever been and yet his three iconic artistic moments are almost more artistic for the fact that they didn't even lead to a goal that there was something aesthetic there that mattered even when it didn't end up with a ball in the back of the net. It's somewhat ironic now after his passing that we've just come off the back of a World Cup and uh, that Messi has finally achieved his goal. Uh, as said mentioned, he, Pele, won three of them. But for this eternal discussion that everyone seems to have, ourselves included, about who was the greatest and who is the greatest, and of course it's subjective and nobody can ever have a definitive answer, now when we're seeing these videos after Pelly's death, many of us will have seen clips of, as Stevie said, the Gordon Bank save mm. and there's been other moments, but there have been so many videos coming out for most of us who didn't see him play live. And I think a lot of people will be even surprised to sit back and go, wow, you look at the game back then, you look at the pitches, the equipment, the stadiums, the fitness levels, everything that that guy was doing was so far ahead of his time. It's what effectively Lionel Messi and others have been doing and have been trying to do in the modern game. And I think if, if there ever is a case to say, stop, stop with this comparison, because <laughs> yeah. it is so difficult comparing eras when you see what that man did for club and country, when you see the old film, when you see what he was able to achieve on the football field, it really is a joy to watch. And yeah, I mean, such a such a sad time. But what that what that guy did for Brazil, and I keep hearing now, he'll, he'll, uh, if you're talking about a player, it'll never be forgotten. Mm -hmm. It has to be. If you're talking about one guy in this sport that people will never forget what he did or what he achieved, it is Pele. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. As Craig says, there will never be another Pele who passed away this week at the age of 82, the only man ever to win three World Cups. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Action in the championship on Friday. Some tight games. Whole City with that 1-0 victory away against Birmingham. Norwich held at home against Reading. Burnley, meanwhile, continue their fine start to the season with a 1-0 victory over Stoke. And Swansea thrashed Watford by four goals to nil. Taking a look at what that means then in the table. Burnley three points clear of Sheffield United in second. Those two teams miles ahead, aren't they, of the chasing pack. 
The action then continues this weekend on New Year's Day. Blackburn taking on Cardiff City, followed by Blackpool against Sunderland. Both of those games back-to-back -back on ESPN+. We mentioned some of the Argentinian um, players are back. Not Lionel Messi, there's this with his wife and parents uh, celebrating uh, winning the World Cup. Uh, Angel de Maria with him as well. You'd be in absolutely no rush, would you? No. To head back to France? Know, to be honest, he doesn't look as if he is. <laughs> no, exactly. Sending pictures to Mbappe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, make yeah. sure you keep keep the league run going. I'm yes. just having yeah. a little... Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Neymar's getting sent off. Oh, he's he's in cutting no... a cake and yeah. a beer. Yeah. Um, extra time is next. Stay tuned. Welcome in then to latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you for your tweets. Craig Burley is with us. Sid Lowe and Luis Garcia joins us as well. Not Luis Suarez. What? Sid's dog. Well, and Sid's dog is here as well. I'm sorry for calling you Luis Suarez during the show, Luis. Uh, how's the dog? You can let the dog in now. It's extra time. All bets are off, Sid. Yeah, she's, she's actually asleep, so I'm hoping she's not going to hit Oh, her OK. All right. Was there a reason, Sid, that you, she wouldn't lie down like, in another room or she's so, is she so attached to you? Yeah, that, that's basically it. She, she, she just won't, particularly, I'm, I'm home alone at the moment. So, um, so obviously, right. if you're trying to rob the house, know that you'll get a paint can in your head. But um, I'm wow. home alone. Wow, home alone style. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sid, we haven't seen you since the World Cup. How was it for you? Uh... Incredible. I mean, genuinely, oh. obviously, incredible. It was it was extremely tiring. It was it was it felt very very long. But but to have that kind of ending was was just extraordinary. Yeah, you look tired, Sid. <laughs> I do now, or I did then. <laughs> you look tired now, uh, Luis. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're you're in Colombia, and if you follow Luis on Instagram, you can see all the adventures he's been up to, whitewater rafting, all that sort of stuff. Uh, what a life, Luis. Well, I have to say that I'm enjoying Colombia. Yeah, it's totally true. My miss is from here, so we decided to, to spend Christmas with uh, with her family here. And there's a lot of nature, beautiful nature, and we try to, to squeeze it, doing these kind of real things and eating sancocho and all this kind of stuff from here. So yeah, enjoy, enjoy. Yeah, same decorator look as uh, Ian Dark as well. I bet the uh, I bet the food's lovely down there. Stevie Nichol would love it. Wouldn't <laughs> Imagine, Steve. What's <laughs> this? <laughs> lovely Colombian cuisine. Uh, all right, Luis. Let's talk about Gakpo, shall we? How big an impact we expect him to make for the remainder of the season? Over or under 15 goals and assists. Uh, ooh, yeah, um, I will go for. I would love to to go uh, over, but I'm not sure if he's gonna make that impact. It's not gonna be easy to replace Firmino, to replace uh, Adam Nunes in that position. To get into the eleven is not gonna be easy, even though that uh, Jurgen knows that he has to give it and start it very slow. Um, uh, Premier League is very tough. It's complicated. Liverpool uh, today they they won just two one. But uh, you could see they struggled for, for some moments with uh, a few uh, problems in defence. So it could be a Fernando Torres situation or, or Andy Carroll situation. I hope that he goes in the direction of Fernando Torres and make a, a massive impact in the first year, or at least the first few months, and, and get that confidence, get the crowds back. Uh, but it's not going to be easy. And I think he's not that kind of player that we all expect that he's going to score 25, 30, uh, 30 goals a season. Hopefully, yes. But that's the way I see it at the moment. He hopefully he can prove me wrong and he scored over 15 goals in the rest of the season. That's ambitious, isn't it? 15 goals and assists, not really. What, in half a season? Yeah. Thanks, all right. Fif hold on, hold on, hold on. Fif 15 goals and an assist in just over half a season? Yeah. For a guy who's not a striker? I think you can get the assists in though, can't you? you oh, 15 goals and assists? Yes, yes. What do you think it was? 15 goals and an assist? No, 15 uh, goals. Right, and what do you think I said assists for? I didn't, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> the answer's no. no. Good player. I mean, a good okay. player though. Right, okay. Um, I want to give you question four. We won't address it now, but just so you can think while others are talking. What, yeah, thank you. Woof. Woof. Uh, what was the most entertaining own goal you saw in your career? Think about that as we go to the next question, which is Craig, do you think Haaland's goal output will go down once every team has played him and will maybe have a better game plan to go against him? No, not particularly, no. Nope. Not because he's playing in such a talented side with people around him that are just going to, you know, Gundogan, brilliant passer, De Bruyne, Mares, Foden, the list goes on. They're right. just going to, you know, Julian Alvarez is back, I believe. 
the youngster is yes, yeah. showing up. Yes, the Argentinians One are coming the back, aren't they? Yeah. So no, I don't, I don't, I don't really think so. I think he's only going to get better. Right. Fitter, stronger, more experienced, working under that coach with that team. So I don't see it changing, to be honest. Uh, Luis, have you ever experienced a game where the same player scored two own goals? No, never seen. I've seen. I was going to mention that you you call about the funny own goals. I, I, I recall a couple at least from uh, Jamie Carragher. I think he's got a yeah. pretty decent, <laughs> pretty decent record on that. But uh, no, I cannot recall two own goals in, on a game, and I think it must be very difficult, frustrating, <laughs> and for that player uh, devastating. So uh, difficult to, to continue playing. I think today did a good effort in the in the second half, but um, yeah, never seen that before. Yeah, Carragher scored twice, didn't he? Two own goals in the game against Manchester United back well, the in the day. Well, good thing is there's not a big rivalry there, so... Well, yes, exactly. You're going to do it, I mean, do it against, I don't know. Sid, so, you, or... you watch a lot and lot of football. Have you seen this before? Two in the same game from the same player. I don't think I have. Um, I, I, I'm really struggling to think of think of anything anything quite like that. No, I don't think so. No. How many goals have you scored in your life? Who, Me? Not you, I'm talking about Craig. <laughs> I was going to say, why would you want to know how many I'd scored? Well, we, well, we, coming on this show was an own goal at the start. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, invite me to your wedding, that was an own goal. Oh, yeah, that really was, uh, wow. One. That, that, that was at Anfield. That was at Anfield, yeah. yeah. Talk at, us through it. At the cop end. Before Luis was there, obviously. Right. right. Suarez uh, or Garcia? <laughs> both. Uh, it was across to the back post, and I was sandwiched in between John Barnes, I think, and Robbie Fowler. Right. Might be wrong. And I tried to head it out for a corner kick. Okay. So I came back from the midfield to. Yeah, in, interfering. Got, I should have just. What I should have done, I should have just done what people do now. I should have just stood outside the box. Right. And left everybody else. I came back in. I tried to head it out for a corner and I got a little bit too much of the forehead on it. <laughs> and it went into the top corner. Big target. It was a big target. Uh, Luis, how many own goals have you got on your uh, record? I wasn't close enough to my own goal, so <laughs> never, never, never no, scored okay. <laughs> uh, Right, let's go to the question which I'd set you up for. What was the most entertaining own goal you saw? That one. Your own goal? Yeah. I don't know, it's hard to remember now. Yes, yeah. Sid, you have a good memory for these things. Oh, the best own goal. Um, <laughs> well, well, you you know what? Ridiculous. Obviously, this isn't memory. This is from, from having watched it on videos. But correct me if I'm wrong, but I've got a feeling that the goal that the Koreans score at Goodison Park in the 66 World Cup is a fantastic own goal diving header. Wow. Goodness I have to go back it. and check that, but I believe yeah. so. Oh, well, there you go. Now, there's been some peaches over the years, I just can't remember. Yeah. I saw Lee Dixon do one for Arsenal once at Highbury. I wasn't there, but I've just been on, was on tape when he chipped it over the goalkeeper. There's so many from outside the box. Yeah. Stevie's got a couple, hasn't he? I seem to remember. Luis? I think that he was uh, probably, Sid uh, is going to remember it, probably he's going to help me with the name. I think it was Pasic, the centre-back centre from Romania playing for Real Madrid. He scored yeah. a fantastic header own goal against Barcelona at a Clásico. And um, yeah, I was, I remembered, and no long ago I, I saw a, an interview from him and they were showing that, that, that goal, it was yeah. a header into the box and he just arriving almost from a, spot, um, a penalty spot and headed into the, his own net and it was... Funny for uh, the Barcelona supporters, but not very much for him and the Real Madrid fans. And Jonathan Woodgate, you remember Sid as well, obviously, had a torrid time with injuries, made his debut and got scored an own goal and then got sent off. Didn't he? Do I remember that right? Yeah, absolutely right. And, and it was the most brilliant post-match interview I've ever heard. Um, let's just say that words that rhyme with luck were said quite often. Um, and, <laughs> and, and he kind of finished this, this post-match interview saying, you know, I'd, I'd score this own goal. I got myself booked. I was just saying to myself, just don't get another yellow card. Just don't get another yellow card. <laughs> and, then, and then I got this other yellow card. And, and, and you know, as I say, he, he had repeated some very rude words a very large number of times and it actually got to the point that the little little gathering of British journalists that were there for him sort of, to, to talk to him post-game had to end up saying Jonathan would you mind saying that all again but just like without yeah. the curse words in it <laughs> was you not there then? I was there yeah 
I yeah. couldn't remember. What, what do you mean I couldn't remember? I just set it all up. Oh, but I thought you were struggling to remember. No, I wasn't struggling. I think it was against Rosenberg, maybe, in the Champions Oof. League. Rosenberg? No, 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 I it think was against... So. At, was it not against Athletic Club? Probably oh, said thanks. You could, you could just pretend. You could just let me get away with that, but uh, I think you might be I right. I could have done, yes. couldn't I? But you've been no, getting away with fine. it for too many Don't years. Worry, sir. And it was That's about time someone called you up on it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Your time at Real Madrid was just spent in an Irish bar, wasn't it? Really? How dare you? How dare you, Craig? <laughs> your whole time there, instead of engulfing yourself in the culture of Spain yes. and the tapas and right. the food and the wine, you spent. 99% of your time on the top of a table singing karaoke in an Irish bar. Larry's. It was cool. La Just Larry's. Said, La Larry's. The lack of a response. <laughs> Larry's. Larry's. It was cool, yes. God. No wonder Larry retired and moved to South America. The amount of money we gave him. Right. For all, after seeing the first Winter World Cup, would you prefer to keep the World Cup in the summer after players are already physically tired or mid-season in the winter when players are better physically? What do you think, Luis? Uh, to be honest, uh, I didn't see much difference uh, in uh, during the game. I've seen players very tired. I've seen injuries. I've seen uh, the end of, the, of some of the games with uh, people just uh, having cramps. So uh, I think that they, they, it wasn't much difference on, on physicality. I, I think that uh, all the World Cups that, that I remember, it was kind of similar. This season is because we were more focused on, let's see, uh, this season, this World Cup, we were more focused on Let's see and trying to, to, to find the, the ways there that this World Cup is going to be different. But I think it, it was exciting from the first game to the last one with better and, and, and worse games, but the same like uh, during the, the summer. And players, I think they look fantastic. And I've seen World Cups with the players look fantastic. So I, I didn't see much difference on that, on that recall. What would you prefer as a player? Well, I don't know. I never played in the Winter World Cup. But you can imagine <laughs> it. Uh, do you know, I, I don't think I would have minded it because I didn't like all the flaffing around leading up. Right. You know, friendlies, getting on a plane, travelling. We travelled twice for Euro 96 and France 98 to, to the US here. We had a good time. Right. Uh, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Well, I think we do, Craig Burley, yes. Having go well, my, my, you know, my Madrid ways, you're a professional player. You're just waiting, <laughs> waiting. So in some sense, the lack of sort of time was, I think, a good thing. Because you just literally, you're preparing, uh, the season finishes, you have a week or ten days, whatever it is, boss, you're in. Whereas maybe you've got three or four weeks, depending on when your season finishes. So yeah, I quite liked it from that point of view. But I'm a bit of a traditionalist that I like to have it in the summer. But I wouldn't have, they had it again and everybody was agreed with it. Right. In a proper, proper place. And, they could schedule it in the winter again. I, I thought it was quite fun to split the season, watch a World Cup, and yep. then continue the season again. Yep. From a non-participating person. Sid, you were a non-participating person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, the first thing to say is that, that that question was extraordinarily loaded, wasn't it? That question might as well have said, are you going to give me the right answer or the wrong answer? Um, <laughs> it was, and, and I, I sort of, I sort of agree with Luis in that I, I don't know really if the evidence is actually there that it was better because, and if it was better that it was any better because of the physical condition. I, as a non-participant, would argue that the best games are the games when the players are absolutely exhausted. Extra time is better than, than the 90 minutes, partly because the players can't cover the pitch because there's loads of space. So I like the idea of the players being exhausted. I think, I think there's another question as well, which is not just about how do the players perform during the World Cup, but what does it do to the domestic season? You know, this sort of slight sense that some players were holding back until now, that we don't know how players will react as they go back into the season. And from a non-participating point of view and just kind of a fan's one, I don't know about you, but I found it a bit weird to go straight back into football without feeling like we can kind of sit and digest the World Cup and, and have it as the focal point of, of, of the year, which is what it should be. And it feels like we're going, right, that's done. Let's get on to the other stuff. And you think, well, no, it's the World Cup. We should be, you know, we should be lingering on this for a long time. We shouldn't, it feels like, to me a little bit premature to be going straight back into football again. So I would prefer it to be in the summer, personally. 
Oh, let me do, let me tell you, nobody lingers on things better than us, Sid. <laughs> oh, that is true. We love a linger. We can Don't linger on any about story that. for weeks, months, maybe even years. Ah, uh, that is it. Thank you very much, guys. Luis, enjoy the rest of your holiday. Uh, Sid, enjoy your time home alone. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. From <laughs> talking to the dog. Talking to the dog. Setting up traps outside. Uh, we will be Don't back. Don't paint gun. <laughs> well, that's right. I don't think he does that in the film. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 